Hi, hi, everyone. This is Mark Fiquez, and you're on the Ballpark Podcast. With me today is the Springfield Lucky Horseshoes Chief Storyteller, Jamie Tool. Jamie, thank you for being on the show with us. Hey, thank you so much, man. Appreciate what you do. I've listened to uh, some of your other podcasts. Uh, big fan of Austin Schur down there in Danville. And <laughs> uh, just appreciate you covering uh, Summerwood Bat teams uh, as well as some of the other clubs you cover. Well, I appreciate it. It feels like the Summerwood Bat clubs are the ones that uh, uh, say, hey, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do a podcast. Tell me when and, and, and we'll make it happen. So I appreciate you coming on here because I think I just asked you yesterday. I'm actually running out of episodes, so I have to fill the rest of the season up. I have to catch up with uh, some of these other guys that do podcasts, but uh, it's all about baseball. So anytime we can talk about the team, man, we're all for it. Yeah, so definitely. So let's talk about Springfield. I was there last year, but uh, the team was under different ownership. They were called the sliders. And uh, this year they're the lucky horseshoes. And I know what a horseshoe is. But what can you tell my audience exactly what a horseshoe is and, and why the team is called that? Well, if you're on a health kick, you probably don't want to hear no. what I'm about to say. No. Uh, but a horseshoe is a Springfield delicacy. So mm. I, I probably should brush up on the specifics. But what I would tell you is an open face sandwich, meaning two slices of Texas toast, some version of a meat, whether it be hamburger meat, beef. Uh, I personally love buffalo chicken. Uh, then a layer of French fries and then smothered and melted cheese. So the horseshoe uh, sandwich is sort of a delicacy here in the capital city of Illinois. And I, I think it started in the early 20s or mid 20s. Maybe I'm off 40s somewhere in that range, but it's unique in that uh, people in this area love it. Uh, some of the restaurant chains, like even a steak and shake, carry their own version oh, okay. of horseshoe. So uh, most all places, there's actually a breakfast shoe, which is done with sort of like a bacon egg situation with gravy and cheese. And uh, again, not the healthiest uh, meal, probably, uh, but certainly delicious. And, and folks here love the horseshoe. Yeah. And what I noticed when I went to Springfield, uh, I think for the opening game in 2008, I definitely had one. Uh, but I feel like once you get out of Springfield, nobody knows what it is. Like you could be in Decatur almost. And they don't know what a, a horseshoe is, how that radius is very small. It's a tight little pocket. It is. It's, it's very unique. Uh, I had personally never heard of a horseshoe sandwich. We uh, agreed to purchase the team in the fall of uh, 2021 uh, and then got into town uh, October, December. I, I think I had my first horseshoe sandwich in December of 2021, and I've had a few more since then. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's delicious. If, if I'm if I'm being completely transparent, I have what they call a pony shoe, which is a, a smaller version yeah, of half the version. horseshoe. So it's like the half size, uh, but very filling. And to your point, even uh, I believe I've heard there's a restaurant up in or two in Chicago that actually have there a horseshoe version. And then a few sort of around the country of folks that have been transplants from mm -hmm. Springfield. But it really is sort of a tight uh, area. You, you mentioned Decatur, only about an hour away. So uh, really, it's Springville's delicacy, man. It's sort of the hometown yeah. food item. Well, you know, it's much better than Evansville's delicacy, which is a, a fried brain sandwich. Yeah, that's <laughs> believe I'm it or not. Thankful that we're not the fried brain yeah. sandwiches. Uh, the the fried sandwich sounds a little bit better. Yes, yes. That, that used to be a little more popular down there. Apparently, it, it's there's only a couple places that make it now. From what some of my friends 
uh, have told me. Uh, I'm in Fishers, Indiana, which is just right outside of Indianapolis, the town next to me, Carmel. They had a place that served the horseshoe for many years. Oh, wow. And okay. I was uh, I was going to try it one time. I was just going to make a video of me eating a horseshoe, pretending to be in Springfield, lying to my audience. I'm sorry, folks. Sometimes we have to do those things or it's just the magic of video. And the place closed down, went out of business. It was a Korean barbecue place, which oh wow, which was probably not too bad either to try. But yeah, that was the only place in town that had it. So I'm sure there was a Springfield connection there. But it's, uh, yeah, I, I was excited when you guys came in and, and renamed the team. I thought your logo was, was you hit it out of the ballpark. Uh, it's a fun logo, especially in the Prospect League, where, and I'm not trying to diss any of the other teams in there, but uh, the logos are kind of hot and cold. I think you guys yeah. really uh, have a very professional-looking uh, brand, uh, multiple brandings. You went with the iconic horseshoe along with uh, uh, your version of the uh, horseshoe sandwich and then the multiple jerseys, the Abe Lincoln mm -hmm. penny with the bat, which is like, Oh my God, why did I think of that? Yeah. You know, what, what went in the process? Uh, were there other logos that were presented to you? Did you work uh, very closely with uh, the design studio to say, Hey, that's the one we want. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ryan Foos uh, with Fooser Sports uh, did our graphic design. He, he worked for ML uh, Minor League Baseball for a while and uh, does, does a lot of work around sports business. Um, most recently, he did the Jackson uh, team, uh, the new Jackson. Oh, the Hillbillies. Another great logo. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So Ryan is just top shelf, man. He is uh, incredibly, incredibly talented. I think, you know, one of the things you have to do when going through that process is sort of, you know, not try to control it. Uh, and, and that's hard sometimes, right? You hear these names, these name submissions, and, you know, the, the name Lucky Horseshoes is sort of a, a merger of two very strong items from our community, certainly Abraham Lincoln. Uh, if you come in or around Springfield, yes. you're going to see a lot of Abraham Lincoln. Uh, and then we, we referenced the horseshoe sandwich uh, earlier. So, those two, it's not the easiest two things to bring together, but the, the lucky was sort of a tip of the hat to Abe Lincoln, the, the penny, you know, penny on heads, lucky penny type deal. And then the horseshoe uh, sandwich was challenging to get in a logo format, but Ryan was just incredibly talented. Those two themes in our rebranding were sort of uh, one and one A, just, yes. you know, this is this is what we're known for. This is what we should be named. And I've had so many people approach us over the last, you know, six months or so said, I don't know why we weren't the horseshoes from the beginning. This is mm -hmm. a really fun and cool name. And what I, what I enjoy that Ryan did for us is he created some flexibility in the branding where you may not like one version, say the capital horseshoe, but you may love the Lincoln penny, or you may be a little Lincoln fatigued if you're in Springfield, but you love uh, the, the shoes with the melting cheese type look. So I think he did a nice job of creating some flexibility so fans can sort of gravitate towards which which version that they enjoy. And, and is there one that stands out with the populace uh, among like what what would be your more, most popular logo? On well, merchandise? It, if you'd asked me about two months ago, I'd say the Lincoln Penny when we unveiled that that seemed to really pop. Um, but I would tell you, uh, the shoes, uh, sort of the melting cheese shoes concept is the one we're selling out of most shirts. It's, it's a little bit more simple, which I think is helpful. Yes. You know, just the, the idea of shoes, baseball, let's go shoes. 
So I think uh, we're very happy with the response to all of them. Lincoln Penny and the Shoes, those two brands are, are actually leading the pack. Good. And, and all 50 states have purchased merchandise, correct? Yeah, that was a that was a promotion we borrowed, as we say in our business, yeah. right? We Everybody borrowed that it. one. And, um, we'd sort of studied uh, some of the teams. Uh, I know Beloit had rebranded. We we tried to study a lot of, of that process, what it looked like and, and how you got the most out of it from an engagement standpoint. And really love that idea of, of trying to get uh, merchandise sold in all 50 states. And we're 50 states in 50 days. I think we did it in maybe 34 or 36 days uh, from our, our unveiling, which was on 217 at 217. And that was purposeful because of the area code here in Springfield's 217. So, um, and then the, the merchandise con continues to sell really, really well. And, you know, we, we definitely uh, have, you know, a couple of things up our sleeve moving forward. Uh, we're going to announce something next week. I think that'll be really fun for people that live in this area and a new piece of the puzzle and then continue through the off season to just create that new uh, merchandise option. So fans are like, wow, what's coming next? Yeah, no, just definitely roll with it. And, uh, you know, one thing when I was uh, reading a little uh, information about you and the club, it said you uh, you guys are trying to earn the fans' trust when uh, yeah. you bought the team. Uh, how bad was the situation in Springfield with baseball when you bought it? Was it was it something like, hey, we have to we have to make some changes here to get people back to the ballpark? Yeah, I, you know, I never really liked to down an ownership group. Yeah. I, certainly, I think the previous ownership group, I give them credit for keeping the team here through COVID. Um, talk about a challenging, you know, situation. The last two years have been unique in everything that we do. So I, I think you have to sort of have some respect for that. Just different for us, uh, you know, trying to present more of a traditional minor league experience. Um, you know, we're going to have baseball players and they're going to play baseball, but we also want to ramp up the experience coming to a game, uh, the food and beverage, uh, the concessions carrying uh, horseshoe sandwich at the, our version of the open face sandwich, which we sell here at the stadium. It's a really, really popular item for us. Uh, our own craft beer, you know, lucky lager. We, we really wanted to create a, a legitimate minor league baseball culture around the team. And from a fan standpoint, I think, you know, there was a lot of, complimentary tickets that were given out we, we call it uh, paper and you know the town with free tickets and for us we believe in creating a value worthy of the ticket fee uh, so sort of rebuilding that idea that it's okay to pay for a ticket because I'm going to be entertained and it'll be worth it for me and my family to go out to the to the ballpark and same with sponsors you know growing the sponsorship base and getting a, a commitment from our community to to not only create something fresh and new but also can consistently build that up um, and, you know, never really be content and, and try our best to, to work harder for group opportunities, group sales and, and bringing in more sponsors and, and creating a, an experience worthy of our fans continuing to come back to the ballpark. No, 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 definitely. I, I agree with that. And I'm looking at some of the uh, promotions you guys have had here. You've had meet and greet with wrestlers. There's a, a Springfield Legends softball game, which uh, local celebrities dress up you know, appear either as a St. Louis Cardinal or Chicago Cubs was, uh, and they play a, a charity softball game. Was that, I, I assume that wasn't too hard to get people to jump on board. 
Well, we actually work with a group called Coberlian Associates. We have four or five former Cardinals uh, and then four or five former Cubs okay. that sort of anchor those two rosters. And then, uh, yeah, it, we supplement that with former minor league players in the area that, that live here. Springfield's a hotbed for baseball and, and talent uh, in this region. Uh, but yeah, that, that's going to go really well for us. The response has been super cool. Uh, we have that August 27th. That's another, you know, uh, the concept of growing our calendar of events. We have the 30 prospect league games, but also wanting to create more content. Uh, for example, next week we have a battle of the sexes where our players will play women, uh, fast pitch players in a, in a softball game, which will be really fun and unique. Interesting. The, the more content that we can provide that's different and in and, and various segments may say, that's something I want to see. Some groups may say, I don't want to see that, but I want to see this. And same for the promotional calendar. I think you try to create a, a wide variety of options. And, you know, this year for us was a lot of, you know, throwing a lot out there to see what kind of response we were going to get. And then using that information, uh, this first year, such a great learning experience, understanding what our fans like what they don't like, and then trying to plan for 2023 with that information. Because yeah, I can imagine it was probably hard to get everything in since uh, you didn't really have a full off season. Uh, but I guess my next question is, is how's everything going this year? Attendance, promotions, is it everything you expected? Any, any learning curves, any bumps in the road? Uh, sure. Always learning. I think that's the key. You get to a point in your life where you realize, uh, you know, that there's an old saying, when you think you know it all, that's when you learn most of the things. So Definitely. for me, I think this is year 23 working around sports business, minor league baseball predominantly. Uh, but yeah, I think every community is unique. And I also think coming out of, you know, uh, knock on wood, this pandemic, I think we're all have changed and our expectations. And I think uh, being around people, uh, our group sales has been really, really fun to see because people are have been away for two years and they've not done their corporate outings and their and their events for their church. And uh, to be able to offer that solution in the summer is is really fun. Uh, but certainly, we've learned a whole lot. We've learned uh, some logistical issues with our stadium, and uh, we know we're going to improve a couple of areas moving into 2023. So, uh, yeah, and, and to, to your point, uh, traditional off season really like starting in September one is going to be so fun because we're going to have the time to sort of lay the groundwork for an attendance model that I think will be healthier for next year. Although we're very proud of where we are, you know, our, our fans are responding, our merchandise sales is exceeding budget. Our ticket sales are exceeding our budget. So uh, I think we're in a healthy position. I think certainly moving into 2023, I'm excited to see really, I think that'll be a true barometer of what baseball can be here in Springfield. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I definitely saw some of the changes, you know, number one, the, the stadium got a nice coat of paint and it went from that kind of turtle green to Navy blue. I, I saw that you added a beer garden. Mm -hmm. uh, you, the scoreboard looks a little different. I don't think it's, I think it's the same scoreboard, but you probably added some ads and logos to it. Yeah. And uh, I heard you're working on an indoor stadium club. Has that been completed yet? Yeah, we completed that. So that was a room off the main front office um, working with the Springfield Park District to paint everything here at the stadium. Uh, this We call it the Next Generation Stadium Club, which holds about 40 folk, forty people, uh, indoor air-conditioned facility, temperature controlled. We'll be able to use that throughout the calendar year, uh, off-season events and so forth. Uh, the Beer Garden, I'm super uh, excited about that project. We're almost completed. We've we have uh, the pub tables and everything in place. We're working on the flooring there, but 
that features a lot of local craft and, and this area, the craft breweries are just tremendous, um, really, really talented uh, breweries around this area. So yeah, the stadium sort of becomes the car lot, right? You gotta, you gotta give the folks something new every year, what's fresh, what's different. And um, I had a, an old boss that would call it like a theme park. It's gotta be a new ride every year. So what was that gonna be for 2023? And those are some of the things we're working on right now behind the scenes to make sure we do have some exciting plans to announce here moving into 23. Yeah, cause you know, I was looking at the Thirsty Thursday. So how much would a beer be? depending on domestic or premium. Yeah, well, you can get a bush light 12 ounce can for a buck. Uh, wow. You can get a, a natural light 12 ounce can for a buck. You can get a $2 <laughs> Miller light or Coors light, a draft 16 ounce for two bucks. Best deal in town. There's no better deal. And then you can get our uh, our craft beers uh, that are normally $7 for $3. So okay. I would put our Thirsty Thursday up against uh, anyone in the business. We really tried to work hard to make our concession offerings diverse, also affordable. Uh, and again, another uh, sort of byproduct of rebuilding the value in the ticket. You know, once folks are, yeah. uh, you know, purchasing their tickets versus getting them complimentary, understanding that the value is there when they come through the gates. You know, I agree with you. I was at a Round Rock Express game on Thursday, Thursdays, and uh, macro brews were six bucks and the craft brews were nine, nine bucks on Thursday, Thursday. I was like, I wouldn't be very thirsty. I'm like, <laughs> not, I'm like, shouldn't that be your regular price? I'm, I'm just yeah. shocked. So, you know, this is why I tell people about summer collegiate baseball uh, stadiums. It's like, you really get your money's worth. You know, you go to yeah. a Thursday, Thursday, you feel like, Hey, this is a great price. If I want to drink Natty light, which go for it, it's a buck. Yes. Uh, if you want to, you want to get a little ritzy and spend three bucks for the lock, lucky lager, which I think is worth is that's, that's a hell of a deal go for that as well. But, you know, when somebody's trying to sell me $9 for, you know, a Shinerbach or something, I'm like, wow, that's, that's not yeah, a deal. You know, that, that's one of the things I love about summer college baseball. So prior to this, I worked for the St. Louis Cardinals and the Miami Marlins at, at Roger Dean Chevrolet stadium and down no in more. Jupiter and oh, Jupiter. No, no disrespect to major league baseball, but I, I feel like they've sort of forgotten about, you know, Joe Schmo or the average kind of feels that way. It kind of feels and, that way. Yeah, it just becomes a price point. One of our, uh, or actually Andrew Miller, who's our emperor of engagement, he, you, you mentioned him earlier. He uh, just went to a Peoria Chiefs game. And I think they're selling White Claws for like 11 or $12. And we're selling that same product here for $5. So I, I feel like some of our friends, and even in minor league baseball, have gotten a little bit aggressive with the price point. Um, and, and that's unfortunate because at some point uh, we need to be the solution for affordable family entertainment. Mm -hmm. We've rallied that call for years and years and to be candid with you, we might need to rethink what affordable family entertainment is. I think summer college baseball, to your point, really holds true to a good value, quality product, um, exciting uh, number of players that are getting signed out of these leagues or getting drafted out of these leagues. And um, we, we love it. We love everything about it. It really reminds me of minor league baseball back in the nineties Yes, before maybe it became really, really commercial. Well, no, no. I, I was talking with somebody uh, about that. Uh, and I remember 1991, I was in the Tampa Bay area and I took in about three different ballparks uh, along with some arena football games. And I, I'm, I'm an, I'm a teenager back then, but I remember how fun and exciting things were, how cheap the tickets were, how yeah. cheap the food was. And now that, you know, I'll go to an Indianapolis Indians game here in town, and I'm just shocked 
about how much beer prices are or even food prices. And you're like, well, what happened to that affordable minor league baseball? Like sometimes you can't even get a ticket under $10. Yeah, uh, for some places, you know, and, and there, and I'll grant it. There's some AAA ballparks doing a great job. Double A, single A, uh, you know, Columbus uh, Clippers. They still have really, they have tickets under ten dollars. But you know, when you start paying twelve dollars for a beer, and I've been to a couple of major league baseball games this year, it, it's not that far off a price point. Yeah, between a craft beer at a Cincinnati Reds game or Houston Astros compared to what I'm getting at a Sugarland Cowboys Round Rock game. And, yeah. and, it, and it's a head scratcher. And, you know, if I'm a parent, you know, I want to bring my kids to a, a ballpark, maybe feed them very cheaply, let them run around, let them feel safe. And maybe I sit back and get, grab a couple beers with my friends and say, hey, this was a nice night. Let's do it again. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the prospect league is blowing up. I talked to Dennis uh, Bastian, the uh, commissioner, quite a bit from time to time. Uh, I'm sure he's pretty happy with what how things are going on in Springfield. Yeah, I think uh, so. We actually were awarded the league meetings here coming up in October, which I'm excited for us to host and showcase oh, nice. Springfield. Uh, but but I agree. I, I think the footprint of the Prospect League is very appealing. Um, you know, bringing over the teams Clinton Burlington two years ago and no bringing problem. in Jackson. So I mean, some of the facilities in this in this league are top shelf and. I think for us in Springfield, we've got a lot of work to do to get our facility up to that standard, but we've started that process. And uh, again, I think uh, I really like our partners in the league and our approach as a league and, and where we're going. And, you know, I think you, you sort of hit the nail on the head is trying to remember who we're here for, uh, for our community, for our fans, trying to listen, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, fans uh, want to, uh, something for uh, of great the value perception is different to each person when we bring in some of these wrestlers you know uh, one of our partners uh, in the ownership groups jeff jarrett a wwe hall of famer so that's really our, our tie to to wrestlers but it costs a little bit to bring those guys in these wwe hall of famers aren't free i can imagine, I can <laughs> so, imagine. Uh, yeah jerry yeah Lawler, and the king and really from a promotional standpoint there's a pass-through cost right you pass through that through the meet the meet and greets the vip experience and that helps subsidize bringing those performers in and again like we mentioned earlier some of that's not for people some people say why do you do so much with wrestling well you know we also do these other things amazing amazing tyler the superstar is coming up uh we've really tried to, to dave the bullet smith we've tried to entertain our fans uh on pretty much every possible way with this 30 game calendar and i would put up our promo schedule against pretty much anybody in the country for this year and, and very excited about the response we've received now, now you, you talked about the wrestlers how how is that engagement do you do you get an influx of wrestling fans that just come out to see them only yeah you know that's a that's a targeted demographic yeah and you know what's unique to me like i I, I think I was in college during the, the Monday night wars when it was really, really hot, right? WWE, WCW, yes. WCW. And so I certainly remember the Kevin Nash's of the world and Scott Hall, who, you know, unfortunately recently passed, but um, it's unique to me. We, we actually got rained out on the eighth, uh, which was Kevin Nash's appearance, but we still did the meet and greet and to see the number of young kids, to see the number of, you know, five and seven, eight-year-old kids wearing Kevin Nash shirts is unique because certainly they weren't alive during his heyday and, and his experience, but with streaming services, now they have access to all that content. So 
I do think those wrestlers pr provide sort of that niche of, of a demographic that's all in on wrestling. Um, and, and we've seen that they've been very loyal to their uh, folks that they love and they love to see photos with. And, you know, we had Corbin Burns in here from the movie Major League. So that was a completely different demographic. Oh, yeah. And it's unique. Again, a lot, a lot of this year is sort of trying to figure out uh, what, what folks are interested in, maybe what they're not as interested in, and then navigating towards planning that promo schedule for 23 based on some real-time information. Yeah, you're right. You talk to people about uh, somebody from a baseball themed movie, and, and there's there's folks from the office that go to different ballparks and tour, and you're thinking, yeah. what do they have to do with baseball? But yeah, again, somebody like Kerbin Bernstein out is, is huge. Because, uh, I mean, that, that that's a movie that's still everybody knows regardless right. if you were born in 1988 you're at the theater in 1988 you're born you know six years later uh you know everybody loves uh, uh major league maybe not so much major league major league two or three but you know i don't know if you're gonna get uh what's his name out here from uh major league three i can't think of his name uh quantum leap Oh, Scott Bakula. Scott Bakula. Hey, Scott Bakula yeah. is here from Major League Three. I mean, I don't Scott know if you'd have have him blowing down the doors for that one. Well, you know, maybe the theme at Quantum Leap Night. I, I don't know. There's people that love that show still. Yeah, so it's uh, you have to rearrange that. So you talked about some some changes at the ballpark in, in, for the 2023 season. Anything you can tell us, or anything you're thinking of right now? Sure. Well, a lot of planning and a lot of uh, we have, we work with the Springfield Park District, who owns the stadium, to sort of, you know, uh, brainstorm how we can improve. We have a a party deck. It's an older deck down the right field line. So, if I had my preference, we'd be able to sort of eliminate that deck and then create a, an enormous patio area that would uh, maybe create uh, double or triple the size of uh, picnics for companies that uh, that do that. And we've had quite a few this summer. Um, create. Uh, less room in foul territory, so maybe move some of those patios and, and take the bullpens and put them behind the outfield wall. Uh, some new seating is an, uh, some more shaded and can a canopy area. Uh, finish the beer garden, widen the concourse. You know, there, there's a lot. Little so things. what gets Little done things. before 23, I think you always have to look at it like, hey, uh, we, we want to have a continual vision for improvement. So if there's any area of the ballpark we can improve, we want to go to work on that in the offseason. Yeah, and that, that may not happen for another uh, quite some time for now, just based on what you can get done. The cost of somebody coming in to repair these things. So, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm with you. Be best of luck. And, uh, you know, I, I'm looking at some of your promos here. Uh, Tail Wagon Tuesdays, bring your dogs to the park for yeah. free. You know, there's some places that have – it feels like every place that allows uh, bark at the park type of atmosphere, it's some different price point. Uh, at your ballpark, you just buy a ticket and your dog comes in free. Yeah, no cost for the dog. And we didn't want to get into that charging uh, puppies and charging dogs and dog owners for the cost of their puppy. But that's that's really been well received here on Tuesdays. And, and we tried to theme out every day where there's con some consistency in the programming. Um, and I, I think we probably have 20 to 25 dogs. Uh, not, not a terrible amount, but... I think it's unique when fans come and see that. Now they know in the future, Hey, I can actually bring my dog to the ballpark. And yeah. uh, that's a fun, smaller promotion, but uh, in Springfield, they haven't seen a lot of the traditional, what I call traditional promotions over the last uh, you know decade or so. So creating some of this content feels new here while it's been done, you know, all over the country yes. for the past two decades. 
Yeah, and you're right that, you know, uh, unlike me who goes around the country going to different ballparks and seeing these things, you have folks in Springfield who are like, oh, wait a minute, that's going on in my ballpark. That's kind of new. I'll check. Yeah, that's fun, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. So, but okay. So before we go, I just have to bring up uh, your team's titles. You're the chief storyteller. Andrew Miller is the emperor of engagement. And Melissa Gaynor is the chief community connector. Uh, How did you come up with those names and why not go with GM, assistant GM, CEO, all that good stuff? Well, they're boring. You know, I think (laughs) growing up in the business, I always wanted to be a general manager. That was my that was my goal. In fact, my first baseball winter meetings, I think I put on my baseball card or my business card, uh, future baseball general manager. Uh, then I feel like actually I read an article by Steve Jobs when he talked about the five things you need to do to, to start an unforgettable business. And the first thing was, you know, become the chief storyteller. And I, I loved it because basically it's like your job to continually tell the story to as many people as you can, as often as you can. And it reminds me so much of, of selling baseball to a community. It's you've got to hustle and you got to go to work and you got to go talk to everybody. And I just love telling the story of the horseshoes and, you know, how we came to be and uh, celebrating all the history of this community's baseball from the sliders all the way back to the senators and everything in between Redbirds and. Oh yeah. Sultans a lot and, of history. Yeah, yeah. We have a plan on bringing all that back. S- same with our other staff, uh, Melissa Gaynor, who's my wife and, you know, she sort of picked her own title because she really wanted to create a connection with our community year round, where it was more than just 30 baseball games. It's, hey, we need to show up and be involved, get our hands dirty, be active in our community year round. Uh, We feel like that's a part of the recipe to really be an important part of the puzzle in the community here. And then Andrew Miller, who would be the equivalent of a general manager type role is our emperor of engagement. Uh, He really works hard on our social channels and our basically our touch points, uh, engaging with fans, constantly asking and, and sharing information and I love those titles because, you know, who wants to be general and nobody wants to be managed. So that those are interesting titles. I read some of the titles across sports and it makes me laugh. The, the chief vice president, biz, what, you know, all these, these great long titles. At the end of the day, we're all people. We're all trying to do something special. And our culture here is uh, from the intern to the custodian all the way up to all members of our ownership group. Everybody has a voice and let's, let's make something special here in Springfield. So that's kind of a fun thing that we did with our titles and it's pretty well received. People tell me all the time, I really like that title. So uh, uh, appreciate you bringing that up. Oh yeah, no problem. Yeah. You're right. Sometimes when I write these uh, podcasts, there's like four different titles I'm writing down, you know, with yeah. me today is CEO, owner, GM, broadcast director, yeah, <laughs> entertainment director. I'm like Judas Priest, can you just come up with one cool name to, to yeah. get to the point? So Absolutely. Right. And we've minor league baseball has gotten to the point now where a lot of vice presidents, a lot of CEOs, a lot of that stuff. And it, to some degree, I do think that distances uh, you from your fans, people that are just they just want to talk to you. Hey, uh, tell me about, you know, your experience here and you know how can we improve upon that and so forth. But uh, to each his own, if somebody wants that catchy long title, good for them. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear it. Just it makes better for for what I'm writing, just to say director of fun or director of storytelling. So. Absolutely, man. All right. Well, Jamie, I appreciate you coming out. But before you leave, uh, let people know why should they make a trip to Springfield to check out the Lucky Horseshoes? Well, I will tell you, Springfield is a tremendous city. 
Um, it's, it's been one of the pleasant surprises of, of relocating here most time. Our home is going to be in West Palm Beach for always. Uh, where I tell people all the time I'm an aspiring retiree, so I want to get yes. to the point where we can head back there. Um, and we spend a lot of time there in the off season. But we live here in Springfield during the season and basically three weeks out of every month in the off season. But what a super cool community from the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library to uh, Route 66, all the tradition and history of, of this community. So cool. Some of the best food you can ever imagine. So bring your appetite. Um, the State Fair is here in, in two weeks here in, in August. Uh, it's just such a cool and historic community. Uh, some of the best people on the planet. Uh, there's nothing like folks in the Midwest. Good people. And then the ballpark. This ballpark has such history and tradition. You know, Satchel Page walking through the stands when he worked for the Redbirds. Uh, all the traveling and barnstorming teams, the Springfield Senators, all the great Cardinals. I could probably go on and on, but oh, yeah. I, would, I would tell you, we love Springfield. Uh, we love everything that we're doing. We love how this community has embraced us, our ownership group, and our vision for uh, reinvigorating baseball here in our community. All right. Well, I may have, I have to take another trip because things have changed since I've been there last. And that Please was do. just last let, year. Let us know when you're yeah. coming. So. Yeah, it's just, just a three-hour drive. Not too bad. Uh, it's just down 74, and then I think you get on another interstate. So yeah, not not bad for me. And it, it sounds like uh, a lot of fun going on this year. Definitely want to check out a Thursday game. So, <laughs> all right. Well, Jamie, I appreciate you coming on uh, the show. Best of luck the rest of the year, and uh, best fortunes to you and your organization. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. What you do for for covering summer wood bat minor league baseball yeah. is super cool, and. Uh, I know it's maybe a stink, a thankless position, but I really appreciate you covering it. And I was when I got your note yesterday, I was reading or listening to some of your previous podcasts, and it's uh, it's good, it's very fun and knowledgeable. And so, just thank you for what you do. All right, yeah, I I feel like I'm getting better every day. Sometimes I listen to some other podcast uh, like Paul Caputo, and I'm like, ah, oh, he crushes it, or you know Ed Rivera, and I'm like, ah, oh, what 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 a good thing to have on your podcast. So. Uh, those are shout out, man. Yeah, those keep, are shout outs. All right. Thank you, Jamie. All right, man. Appreciate you so much. All right. Take care. Take care. All right. That was uh, Jamie Tool from the uh, Springfield Lucky Horseshoes. Uh, I told him earlier, I don't know if I said that on, on the air, but I had went to the first game. It was the Springfield Sliders. It was 2008. They were still in the Central Illinois Collegiate League. The Prospect League had not been formed yet. And they had this giant crowd outside waiting to get in. And I'm sitting up in the press box, and I think it was an intern. She came in, and she's like, uh, are you Robin Roberts, the Hall of Fame pitcher for the Phillies, who the stadium is named after? Robin Roberts was there. He's going to throw out the first pitch. And Robin Roberts was in his eighties at the time, uh, maybe even close to 90. And I look at her and I'm like, you think I am Robin Roberts. You think I played in the 1950 world series for the whiz kids enshrining Cooperstown. <laughs> I thought that was funny. And then that's when I found out what a horseshoe was. And then also on my way back. Cause I remember I drove out there that morning, three hour drive from where I lived in Indy. Indianapolis. And I drove back that night. I should have just got a hotel and spent the night and took my time coming back. When you're young, you, you do crazy things. I'm not paying for a hotel, even though I was single and, and had an apartment. So there was no reason for me to even try to save money. 
uh, like that. I had it, you know, get a hotel, you know, relax. Uh, and on my way back, I kept hearing this new song called I Kissed a Girl and I Liked It. And I'm like, what the heck kind of goofy song is this? And I'm thinking, Katy Perry, who's that? This is a one hit wonder. So then, you know, years later, Katy Perry's dominance, which is faded off now, but I think like eight number one singles, millions of albums, Super Bowl halftime appearances later, you know, I kind of think of those things from Springfield. And that's what I like about taking ballpark trips. Stuff like that gets in your head. I kissed a girl and I liked it. Reminds me of Springfield being called Robin Roberts, driving to and from late at night, uh, which I wouldn't do again. I just get the hook. I mean, I'm not driving three hours unless I had to. You know, there's other guys that will drive like six hours to a ballpark see the game, drive six hours back. I'm not doing all that. I I hate driving at night. My eyesight is not what it used to be. And I get tired. I don't want to fall asleep behind the wheel and and crash into a a ditch, wreck my car. Goodness gracious. So I appreciate Jamie coming on and I appreciate you guys listening to the show. This is, um, this is uh, a, a work of passion. I don't make a lot of money doing this. I don't make any money at all. I, I don't even get promoted like I think I should. <laughs> so, uh, or people don't go to my Apple site and comment how great this is or, or how bad it is. Nobody says anything. A few people have, like Paul. Thank you for doing that, Caputo from Baseball by Design. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's it. If you're in Springfield, check out the Lucky Horseshoes. Uh, it's a it's a beautiful ballpark. You're not too far away from other prospect league teams in Alton or uh, Normal, uh, Illinois Valley, you know, the Pistol Shrimp. And, you know, you can really hit a lot of different ballparks in that central Illinois theme. You can hit Terre Haute, you can hit Danville, you can hit up in Peoria, uh, you can go check out O'Fallon, you can check out Gateway, St. Louis. I mean, you know, everything's not bunched up together when I'm mentioning those teams. But uh, you'll be able to um, to do a nice little ballpark trip and not have to travel uh, terribly far. If everybody sort of plays every day, <laughs> you could you could hit those spots and you'll definitely see some interesting looking uh, facilities. So the Prospect League, uh, Lucky Horseshoes and, and have a horseshoe. I hear the breakfast horseshoes are kind of where it's at. And there's a place near the ballpark. And I can't think of the name that I uh, was recommended to go. And I guess I forgot to ask Jamie about that ribeye steak sandwich. We didn't really talk too much about uh, concessions, but they had this awesome, awesome ribeye steak sandwich last year that uh, after the seventh inning, they all went down to two bucks. I I don't think that's around anymore. Uh, So if you watch my YouTube video, there's a, there's a scene of me eating that very good. You know, I'll take a steak sandwich, a steak sandwich and a bloody Mary. Uh, So that's it, guys. This is Mark, the ballpark hunter, saying check me out on Stadium Journey. Great articles are up there. Check me out on my YouTube page, which is Ballpark Hunter. Uh, I have a a video of Springfield from last year. So, you know, if you go there this year, you can compare it to last year, and I think it will be night and day. So thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next time. This is Mark saying goodbye, take care, adios, and Happy journeys. Stay safe.